Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 150, episode one of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into uh, America's share consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck okay. Fox News, fuck Rush Limbaugh, okay, okay. fuck Buck Sexton, fuck Ben okay. Shapiro, and okay. fuck Tucker Carlson. It's Tuesday, September 8th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. No one knows what it's like to be the rad man, to be the dad man behind white thighs. And no one knows what it's like to be graded, second rated, on the zeitgeist. That is courtesy of Rusty Shackleford. Or Shackleford. Great. That that made me, uh, that AKA made me re examine uh, what a whiny song that is uh, the, by The Who. It's like, I, nobody you, I, fights. I, I, I know I'm not supposed to talk yet, but ha- please tell me that you have heard the Fred Durst cover. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. <gasps> Oh, it was course. for the it was for the movie Gattaca, uh, and at the end of it, he gets to make out with Holly Berry, I believe. I'm not sure. At the end of the video, I think so. He's a, he definitely has a Fred video. Durst. He definitely has a video where at the end he gets to make out with Halle Berry and like whatever. And he definitely did a cover of Behind Blue Eyes. These could be completely separate videos, but yeah. God damn, he really had his moment, didn't he? <laughs> he really did. It is weird to put myself in a place where I'm like, yeah, Fred Durst. Like Halle Berry would agree to kiss Fred Durst. It's just a strange mindset to put yourself in. <laughs> You're just like, I guess there was a point in time. It's just one of those days. Uh, <laughs> I we were just talking on a recent episode connecting um, the toxic masculinity of the '70s with the toxic masculinity of like the late '90s, early 2000s, uh, and just like how white men were just given this like carte blanche and they always use it to be sexual predators and pedophiles uh and that that's just because like the 70s like rocker like nobody knows how hard it is to be the lead singer of the world's biggest rock band Uh, and then like fred durst comes back and is like nobody appreciates my talent I'm an artiste. <laughs> uh, now I'm gonna make out with Holly, but and it was yeah. it was his cover. It was his cover of Behind Blue Eyes for Hell like, yeah. Leave Gothica, oh, where he makes out with Holly Berry. In the my video. word! I was thinking of Gattaca. You're talking. Is it Gattaca or Gothica? I don't. I think Gothica <laughs> makes way more sense than <laughs> Gattaca. Gattaca. I've seen one of those, but I don't know. Wh- but it's impossible of the to say which. <laughs> Ethan Hawke one where that's uh, Gattaca. Yeah, that's Gattaca. I was like, that okay. is strange that they went with a Durst cover for that movie. <laughs> then uh, I've seen Gothica. Hey, who are those voices? Uh, I'll tell you who they are, <laughs> listener. Uh, I'm thrilled to be joined by my special guest co-host, the very face of Mount Zeitmore. She is Lil Zam, Jamie Loftus! If you like me, Jamie Loftus. <laughs> and saying carpet in May If you like ridings and bonus And going out in the rain If you like canvassing <laughs> for leftists On the streets of LA Then I'm that co-host you've looked for Please don't at me today That's a yeah, fun one That is oh, a fun th- one 
That's a fun one. There, uh, that's at from from at Klopfen Pop. Klopfen Pop. Klopfen Pop. That sounds vaguely Scandinavian. Like it could be an IKEA piece of furniture. What um, I know is that they're a skilled songwriter. Yes, <laughs> that is to. that is clear. Um, Jamie, how are you doing? I'm good. I just got home uh, yesterday. Hey, so, welcome back. So, thanks. I'm great. Yeah, so I'm I'm just very happy to be home. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious and talented and brilliant Danielle Radford. Those are those are a lot of descriptions. Hey. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and it is her birthday. Holy shit! You were born on the same day as, uh, presumably a lot of people, but uh, one <laughs> Beyonce Knowles, uh, as super producer Anna Hosnier pr- pronounced it. Uh, same day, same year. Yep, uh, same day, cool. same year. Pretty cool. We uh, both look great. Yeah. I think that entitles you to a hang. Yeah, like, for that's sure. That's a special bond. Yeah. Right? That's Another case to be made. Miles has talked about how he is birthday brothers with Prince Harry. Uh, Harry is his name, right? I almost called him Henry. But yeah, Prince Harry. Uh, so, uh, And he, he really does seem like he believes he deserves to hang out with him. He's like, yo, hit me up. We're born on the same day. So I guess, you know, we should we should kick it. Uh have you have you ever had any interaction with Beyonce? Um, I, I have not. Um, that it is it is a meeting of the minds that I guess we'll just have to wait to happen. Um, yeah. one person now he was not born on our exact birthday, but Xavier Woods, the wrestler, is also a September four baby. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really nice. There's a, there's a couple good ones, man. Some uh, 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 some real classy parents just just fucking getting it in right between Christmas and New Year's, <laughs> um, just fucking banging it out. Uh, <laughs> that is humanity's uh, like uh, what's that called? Mating season uh, mm-hmm. is the between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, like when you look at when births spike, uh, that's the most common. You are in the range of the most common birthdays um, because basic we're birthday. all stuck inside. <laughs> uh, I was I was birthday sex for sure. I did the math when I was like fourteen. I was like, oh, that's a bummer. <laughs> I, mean, I, <laughs> I don't know. My parents like to they 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 didn't really mix things up. They're like, "Oh, it's your birthday? Okay, I guess we better have sex." That's how I imagine <laughs> it going. Right. All right, Danielle, we're gonna get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're gonna tell our listeners just a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're gonna talk about how Donald Trump is truly cartoonishly bad at being a conservative president with, with regards to his feelings about the troops. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about what his uh, miracle cure convalescent plasma plan uh, has to say about just his general outlook on what his role is as a leader. Uh, we're going to talk about Batman being sick. We're going to talk about the Smurfs, of course. <laughs> And Boss Baby, uh, all Boss that Baby Interactive. More. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should have said, should have called Listen, him by his full name. There's uh, Boss Baby movie. There's Boss Baby TV show, and now to complete the trilogy is Boss Baby Interactive. Yes, yes. Ooh. The children like the Boss Baby. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, we'll discuss. Uh, 
predatory capitalism is adorable. <laughs> um, Seven days to live. <laughs> uh, Danielle, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? I looked up Blue Chew. Um, Blue Chew yeah. is a it is a a dick pill product mm-hmm. for uh, for keeping keeping your dick hard, and they advertise on a lot of wrestling programs, like a lot of wrestling <laughs> podcasts. Mm. And I have a friend who uh, told me the story about how one night he took some Blue Chew. Uh, uh, and it, it is a delightful story. It is not mine. I hope to get him on my wrestling podcast to talk about it. But yeah, a friend of mine took some blue chew, and so I I looked up I looked up exactly what blue chew is and how blue chew works. And I'm still not sure, but uh, according God. according to Jim Ross, uh, it'll make your dick so hard it's like a cat could scratch it. So that's something. so hard like a cat could scratch it. Uh huh. Interesting. <laughs> like one of those cat posts. Yeah. No, yeah. Now I got yeah. it in my head. As someone with many cat scratch posts around my home, the implications of that are devastating. <laughs> it's, um, it's incredibly upsetting. Uh, wrestlers have very lively, very lively uh, talk. But yeah, uh, I, I, if you listen to, in particular, the Jim Ross podcast, he will talk for too many minutes about what blue chew has done for him and his dick and too many minutes is is one is one minute one is too many um but he will go in for like five minutes just talking about how great blue chew is um so that he can sex ladies yeah cool uh is is it chew like um Gum, chew like a soft, chewable thing, or chew like just chewable in the like Flintstones vitamin sense. Do we know? Um, let let's find out. I believe. Okay. Um, oh gosh, now I'm on their official site. They should just pay me. Um, <laughs> I'm I was doing... like, maybe there's some listeners that are like, now hold on. Did someone Wait say a, a cat could scratch it? <laughs> yeah, did you just say a cat could scratch? I believe it's. Oh, it, it looks like it almost looks like Smarties. Okay. It almost looks yeah. like a smarty. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So chewable. I, I wonder what we'll they be getting taste some like. for my family. Yeah, of course. You need to. Uh, that's yeah. I, I'm curious what it what it tastes like. Is it flavored like blue raspberry? Are we thinking? Well, yeah, it, it's interesting. We'll we'll have to uh, taste test some blue chew at some point. Yeah, um, you should yeah. absolutely do that on the air and then <laughs> yeah. stay on air for however long it takes for Blue yeah. to not be in your system anymore. Yeah. Or it's like that radio broadcast where they had a water chugging contest and someone died. Someone yeah, died. They were like, yeah. died. It was How the far week for we a week. For... Yeah, yes, yes. Oh, that's, uh, you know, the things people do for content. Radio is scary. Radio kills people a lot, I feel like. Radio is very scary, yeah. Because it's like unregulated to a large degree. Um, yeah. Kind of miss it. <laughs> uh, what is something you think is overrated? Oh, gosh. Um, we don't need to call Donald Trump orange anymore. Yeah. Right. We mm-hmm. all get it. We we all we all get it. Unless you can find a really interesting way to call him orange. Like, I don't need to hear about how he's a pumpkin. I don't need to hear about how he's a Cheeto. Damn it. I, I, you I was know, just going to say the Cheeto thing. The Has Cheeto somebody thing. said that before? The Cheeto joke. He looks like a, <laughs> I'm I just, so I, sorry. I, 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 look, if, if you can find a 
clever way to say it, great. I, I no longer need to hear the Cheeto that's in office. Um, mm. We've It reminds me of, we all make fun of conservatives have two jokes, um, you know, one of them being attack helicopter, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one joke, which is that Donald Trump is a Cheeto. And I like Cheetos. Stop fucking up Cheetos for me. Cheetos We only have so many things. like Yeah, that has, that. when people say that, it has a big, like, aunt energy to it like yes mm, yeah. big email forward energy big your email aunt, forward energy yes yes that's exactly it it's your big, aunt who just my... watched john oliver for the first time <laughs> well you believe what that cheeto did this time fucking yes we believe it yeah big, i got my political takes from jimmy fallon uh, energy <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I saw Jimmy Fallon conduct. I was like in a. There was nothing on, and I'm so curious what conduct what he was (laughs) conducting. Electricity, (laughs) open heart surgery, uh, even even worse. Yes, a 15 minute Zoom interview with Joseph Gordon Levitt, where they were doing TikTok (laughs) dances. It was the worst Mad Lib I've ever witnessed. (laughs) JGL, where where. Have you gone, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? He's he's been in stuff still. I don't know. I was just like, I don't need to see you do a TikTok dance. I don't. He's in that new Netflix movie, right? Where it's like you get to have superpowers for like a second. Yeah. What is that? Project Project Power. Power. That was my rewatch a couple weeks ago. Uh, He's he's fine in it. Uh, (laughs) He is what he should be, which is uh, the, you know, supporting actor in an action movie. I think he's good as a supporting actor in an action movie. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, he just kind of I don't know, he went and did that like press record or whatever. Um thing. I think his the the movie that he was building up to in his career was the one about him being a porn star and people are like, "Ah, that's that's a bummer, man. That's not how we want to think about you." Mm-hmm. Uh You leave so. that to your LaBuffs. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I feel uh, like J- JGL really wants to harness that LaBeouf energy, but it's just not it's not in the cards for him. He's too yeah. soft. He's a sad boy. He's a sap, soft, 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 sad boy. I don't Another need look. He's big shins energy. <laughs> You're not giving me LaBeouf. He's <laughs> big <yeah>. shins energy. <laughs> I'm so confused doing it. I love it. If a cardigan was a person, it would be Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. Oh, Shins the Rock Band. Like, I thought yeah, the it was Shins the Bone. <laughs> I was like, what? Big Shins. Hell yeah. He really um, is. He was in, I was thinking about him recently because I we did Inception on the Bechtel cast. Yeah. And it was like, he was really making a play for like Action Man for a couple years yeah. there. And it's, I'm, I'm kind of glad that it didn't pan out. I, I, he's a soft boy. I think yeah. Looper was the kind of the nail in that. When it was right. like, oh, you're doing it. And for some reason, you also have Bruce, Bruce Willis's entire bottom half of your face. Like, yes. I don't, <laughs> so weird. What a weird that? decision. <laughs> they, and they really like, doubled down won't on be able it. To get, people won't be able to get over the idea that he looks slightly different. We have to we have to give him a very strange prosthetic. It looked very much like you know on Conan where they would put the fake lips over like a over a, a picture of somebody and then like someone talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it looked like, but CGI, where it was just like Bruce Willis's bottom half of his face just superimposed <laughs> over Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. Nightmare fuel. 
Was he in Knives Out? No, but it seems like he should have been, right? He has a he hidden cameo in Knives Out, uh, apparently. I just what? Googled Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Knives Out came up. Um, but yeah, I mean, he is in Ryan Johnson's uh, first movie, Brick. So Brick. I like Brick. Yeah, I Brick do too. Good. And I like him in Brick. And I, I was Brick. like, am I going to be a Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan? Uh, and then that, that didn't end up panning out. Uh, <laughs> but he, I feel like he was replaced by Tom Holland. Like somebody who is Ooh. like small, like musical, can like jump around and do fun stuff. But uh, Tom Holland is like the evolutionary. Uh, I guess Tom Holland is like trained in dance. Uh, yes. And JGL is trained in being in Third Rock from the Sun. He might be also <laughs> trained in dance, but I don't know. He uh, did. He did do a really good version of um, Rhythm Nation for um, Lip Sync Battle. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's Ooh. probably has some musical background. Uh, th- let's just make this podcast about JGL, shall yes. we? Uh, what is something you think is underrated? Oh gosh, something that is underrated. Um, I think I've said this on here before. I feel okay to repeat it. Um, maybe we can all just choose the empathetic response first before we get them jokes off. Like just for a second. Um, mm. I think maybe empathy is underrated. And this is just, you know, thinking about we've all, I think uh, this has been a larger conversation that's been happening, but just what happened with Chadwick Boseman when he went on to do that live and everyone was like, oh, he's skinny. He must be on the crack. It couldn't possibly be that like, oh, maybe he had, he did it for a role or whatever. And so black Twitter got all the jokes off. And then we found out obviously that he was, um, he was undergoing a very aggressive treatment for a very aggressive cancer, which wound up, he wound up passing away from. Um, and like, we're all going to get them jokes. I get it. I make them jokes, but maybe it's okay before you fire off your hot take to give it a hot second. And like, maybe you don't need to, um, immediately jump to this actor lost weight. They must be on crack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just, and just remembering that like everyone is their own universe. Everyone is a person. People aren't just background players in your life. Yes. Um, people have a whole world going on inside of them um, and, and just act accordingly. Yeah. I, I'm sure that someone smarter has put it in a better way, like do unto others or golden rule or whatever. I'm just going to say it in the way that's five minutes long and punctuated <laughs> by 20 ums. And just a bunch of ums. I'm a very talented writer. Uh, the I will also say as somebody whose job uh, used to have the word crack in it uh, <laughs> just in general you can hold on to your crack jokes they're not uh, ever funny and usually the least funny human beings in the world are the ones who leap to make them when uh, the word crack or cracked come up they're, it's always like that's always the very unfunny person's uh, first responses to this, talk about Sorry, crack. does crack even exist anymore? Is that like a thing? The drug? I'm sure. Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, I, I think no it. I think it is less epidemic than it obviously used to be. But uh, yeah, I there's a lot of people in the recovery community who uh, ha- have a, have dabbled. Uh, I think I think it's still out there, ruining lives. Um, Ooh, good job, is, CIA. 
What what is a myth? Finally, what is uh, something people think is true, you know, to be false or vice versa? I don't know if I've used this one before too, but it always comes up that the people that you see online that are like often retweeted or the people that you see on YouTube or the people that you hear on podcasts have money. <laughs> yeah. The... Um, yeah. I was once at the train station, um, a train station in LA and there was a security guard there and he recognized me from my work on like screen junkies and whatever. And he was like, well, what, what are you doing riding the train? I was like, well, I ride, I take the train. <laughs> Right. And then, which is like not moving really a from thing, one you know? place to another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just going from one place to another place, <laughs> and um, craziness. And uh, and which, to be fair, train culture like it's not the same as it is in a Chicago or in a um, or in a uh, New York or even a San Francisco. But he was like, "Oh, I would have thought that you would like." I just assumed that you would be driving like a fancy car, and I was like, "I don't. We're not all PewDiePie, my dude." Most of us, <laughs> are very yeah. happy that we can cobble together one of 10 jobs to make one rent. That's like yeah. a, 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 it's so interesting. I feel like that conversation has been going on for a long time, but it just never quite catches on that. It's like, there are so many different versions of like being a podcaster or even just like making stuff that mostly lives online where I forget when but this was like maybe five or six years ago, there was, um, someone who worked, I believe, for BuzzFeed. There was like a wave of employees who had to get, who were like really, you know, internet famous on BuzzFeed, but then had to have like second jobs and people were mm. giving them shit for it when it's like, they're like, you're famous. Why are, why are you working at a restaurant? It's like, why would you be, <laughs> <laughs> consider where this blame should be, you know, levied. Right. But just, I don't know. Yeah, that conversation has been so imperfect it's like oh that's crazy so you are responsible for all of this content that people really love and yet the money's not coming down to you what right. an interesting conversation to have you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but, the, but then it winds up being no you're a loser and that's why you right. have to work at trader joe's instead of being like how come they take your stuff and then give you like 50 bucks per appearance you know what i mean right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I and I don't know. I don't know what Buzzfeed. Yeah, I yeah. blame you. I don't know what Buzzfeed is is charging or what's going on. And granted, this whole industry is dying. It's very exciting as far as like the internet. As far as like the being on YouTube and talking about stuff. Stuff. Um, I a lot of people will ask like, "Hey, like I want to do what you do," and it's like, "Oh, what I do isn't going to be around in two years. You got to find something else." Right. Yeah. That door is closing quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, no, 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 you don't understand. I got in just in time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I always say, like, I try to keep that ladder down, but the, the industry has pulled that ladder up behind me. I am the last one to get in and be like, you can make money just fucking cracking jokes about movies. Like, it was it. I, I was the last one, and I apologize. It's um, like that scene in Titanic where there's like the guy slipping under the watertight door. That's us. <laughs> 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 sorry <laughs> uh, sorry everybody else you have to you know you know it's not worth it it's fine <laughs> just go on tiktok make a new dance True. we'll be fine i promise not to go on tiktok challenge don't do the benadryl challenge oh but god are people still doing the benadryl challenge a, a child died from the benadryl cha challenge on no. from tiktok i don't know how like maybe she Saw it on TikTok. Maybe it's, you know, so a lot of times, whatever the latest technology 
buzzword is will get blamed for uh, things that were happening anyways. But so maybe it's just the Benadryl challenge has been a thing and Benadryl abuse has been a thing. And somebody saw it on TikTok and is blaming TikTok. But her aunt and uncle, uh, who I always got to trust an aunt and uncle, uh, are saying that it was a TikTok based Benadryl challenge. What is the Benadryl challenge? Because it's very upsetting. Because the I've because uh, diphenhydramine for me is just like I can't sleep. I have anxiety, and it's a chemical cousin of a lot of anxiety meds. Right. Um, so do yeah. you just take a crap ton of Benadryl? I think that's it, and then see how it's long you can chugging. stay awake. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back and sticking with Titanic metaphors. Uh, I feel like our current president is uh, Billy Zane, like shooting women to get on the uh, escape boat, like just cartoonishly doing the bad thing that absolutely no one can. Billy Zane Zane like this. You leave the phantom out of this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But so there's, I I think this was generally like rumored at the time. There there was this, uh, you know, Trump made a trip to France and was supposed to visit a cemetery where a bunch of World War I veterans were buried. It was raining. It was misting that day. And he claimed that they couldn't fly his helicopter, uh, and that's why he chose not. That's why it had to be canceled. Um, people who are with him that day are now saying that he was. He was saying, "Why should I go to that cemetery? It's filled with losers." <laughs> Referred to the more than eighteen hundred Marines who lost their lives uh, there as suckers for getting killed, and. Hey. Yeah, it's like a very venerated event in the history of the Marine Corps and a very venerated cemetery. And and he's uh, he asked, who were the good guys in this war? Uh, And wondered why the U.S. would intervene on the side of the allies, uh, which isn't too surprising given his stance on World War II and the fact that he always had Adolf Hitler's speeches near his bed for like during the <laughs> 80s and 90s. Um, but he's just like so directly the opposite of what the people who support him claim to stand for. Like there's definitely a new spin on like what a conservative is that he invented basically a like say what racist people are thinking straight shooter capitalism celebrity guy uh <laughs> version of things but then i feel like even like the they're like willing to overlook his sexual assaults and affairs because there's like an old fashioned version of like sexual politics that they're like yeah he's doing the thing for the 1950s but and that that's like a he's a complete fucking stretch for his supporters to to be into. But yeah. this seems to be the one place where they haven't quite found the way to justify him to 
themselves. The fact that he doesn't support the troops. Yeah, that's... exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> that's the one where he's like, where they're like, ah, but like, can we? Can we find a way? Yeah. Yeah. Like, could you? It's the least you could do with a, especially with a majorly conservative platform is to, like, I, yeah. SATs are garbage, right? And like a lot of, um, just for, for lots of different reasons, right? A lot of entrance exams are kind of, are kind of garbage and trash. Um, and I think in most cases they are not necessary because they don't um, actually um, adequately show what someone knows. Right. They should, you should, if you're president, you should <laughs> probably know who fought in World War One, right? And what, who the, good and guys what were. the war was about. Yeah. yeah. Um, you should know. You 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 should just know that. Um. Also, is that question too dumb to be on the SATs though? Like yes. who fought in World War One? Yeah, I feel like that's more yes. of like a high school entrance exam. Type yeah. Thing. yeah. I feel like that's been that's been said a number of times. Of like, our president could most likely not pass the American citizenship test. Like, oh. Yeah. Much less. I'm like, I don't even know if fucking I could, but he definitely. But you're not, not. You're not president. Right. I am famously not the president. You make fart <laughs> jokes. That is what we do. And it is yeah. fantastic. And we're very good at it. There is no entrance exam to fart jokes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, is it, is it a problem with helicopters that they don't work in the rain? I feel like we've no. heard about that before. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's not. Nobody mm-hmm. is. Uh, really backed him on on <laughs> that one, the, but the yeah, I mean he. It's really like a uh, a hot mic moment written by Veep. If Veep just wanted to, <laughs> you know, be the if the writers of Veep just wanted to like completely let, let an algorithm write an episode or something. <laughs> That's right. Like right. Yeah, it's ugh. It is. It's like the chaotic take on everything. And some of those, some of that chaos lines up with a conservative platform and a lot of it does not. Right. The article goes on to talk about how Trump on Memorial Day visited Arlington Cemetery on on Memorial Day with his uh, chief of staff, John Kelly, whose son is buried in Section 60, which he was killed in 2010 in Afghanistan when he was 29. And Trump was supposed to, on his visit, join John Kelly in paying respects at his son's grave to comfort the families of other fallen service members. Uh, but according to sources with knowledge of the visit, uh, while standing next to Robert Kelly's grave, he turned to John Kelly, Robert Kelly's father, and said, I don't get it. What was in it for them? Oh. Um, oh. And s- so Kelly chose to justify that to himself by being like he was making a reference to the selflessness. Um, but then he said he says that he, according to sources, he later came to realize Trump simply does not understand non-transactional life choices. It's uh, it's just fucking cruel. I w- I would speculate that it has to do with him, his own insecurities about being a draft dodger as well, and. Like yeah. devaluing the military as a way to justify that decision in his head, but like that's just ugh, I don't know. It's also know. you know it, it's very classic you know born on third base. Think yes. you think you hit a triple. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Like it, it's uh, um that's ex- like him to be like oh well they're losers. It's like well why didn't they just oh they got drafted? Well they simply could have not been drafted. Why were they just not drafted? Why did they just not 
I didn't go. Why didn't they just yeah. not go? And it's like, well, that's not, look, I'm glad you have a gold shitter, but that's not like real life for most people. Um, I don't know. This is so weird because it's, it's uh, discussions about the military. Like there's a whole military industrial complex as uh, some people maybe know, like I grew up uh, on military bases. I, my, my pops is in the military. Most of my family um, are either like involved in law or law enforcement or legal in some way, or we are straight up criminals. So like that, that's my family. So for me personally, it's like, it doesn't bug me in terms of, you know, how dare he be disrespectful, whatever that dude sucks. We all know that he sucks. The thing that I don't get is, is it's just, we, we all think that like, this is going to be the thing. And this is a problem that we have. And maybe I should have made this my overrated. We all think this is going to be the thing. This is going to be the thing that finally takes down Cheeto man. Like this is going to (laughs) be, it's never going to be the thing. It's never going to be the thing. You guys, there's always lower. There's always lower. He can go. There's always video of more low. The only thing that's ever going to make it the thing is if more conservatives finally decide that they are done using him as a useful idiot and it is actually hurting them. And that will be when they start turning against him. But right now they all know that they can continue using him to further their own agenda. And then later be like, oh, well, we behind the scenes, you don't know what we said and did. You know what I mean? And then they can always like distance themselves from him later. But it's just, it's never, it's always these things of like, well, how is it if you guys believe in God and he does this and, and you guys believe in this, it, right. they don't care. Yeah. They don't care. They care about the fact that he is pushing through the things that they want to get pushed through and they will do whatever leaps and bounds need to happen to make that make sense in their brain. And that's really it. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, yeah, it's two, almost 200,000 people have, have died on this person's watch and there's still a huge number of people that don't you know, don't hold them accountable for it. There's just not, there's nothing. After Herman Cain, like that's like, come on. Like if that, if that, if there was ever to be a moment where people go like, Hey guys, maybe, uh, maybe we should back some of this up. Maybe, you know, maybe we should, uh, uh, reevaluate. They don't, they want to get through the things they want to get through. And later they will find ways to justify and be like, well, he wasn't perfect, but he gave us this and this was godly, or he gave us this and this to blah, blah. That's what it is. And it's, you know, and us, us lefties, us, well, liberals, leftists, mostly progressives. liberals, progressives. Yeah. It's mostly like, you know, oh, I can't believe that you guys would stand by him while he does this. Yeah, we can. Why do we do that? We yeah. believe it. Right. It's a useless discussion to continue. I, and I find it really frustrating that there's still a number of news outlets that, like you're saying, Danielle, are trying to make this thing the thing when it's like there are... You have so many resources to report on other things and to like, of course, report on what the president is doing. But the you know, I don't know. It's it's it just seems like such a futile effort at this point to make to try to make something the thing. It's like you're saying it's not going to be the thing. Where can we direct our attention that is like productive? And yeah. And like cover it, absolutely cover it. Like it is a thing that happens. It's important to cover it, but it's absolutely. always like, ah, zinger, we got him this time. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like what? you don't need to cover it for weeks and weeks trying to be like, rem- th- that was the thing. It's like, it's not the thing. And, and there's, there's a lot going on. 
If the know. piss if the piss tape ever comes out and they are peeing in his mouth, it will not be the thing. It will not yeah. be the thing. It's yeah. never gonna be it. <sighs> they are gonna vote for this man no matter what because he furthers the thing that he 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 is doing, he is giving them the thing that they want. Like they can say all day long about how Michelle Obama this and Michelle Obama's arms and this thing and that thing. And then you show, you know, or or complaining about WAP. And then you show them pictures of Melania covering her WAP. And they don't care. The hypocrisy is part of the point. You get to do whatever you want and still say whatever you want and be whoever you want. That's yeah. what being rich is about. Yeah. And you get to have that if you do the things that we say you do. Yeah. Um, I'm a bummer. Oh, what a bummer on my birthday. <laughs> no, it's definitely true. And like part of the reason I thought this was uh, like worth covering was this story that I remember in the 2016 election there, he like talked shit about a gold star family, like oh, a yeah. family would love and like his polls actually dropped and people were like, well, that's the silver bullet. But that was, uh, before he got elected president. So it seems like it's not that silver a bullet. Uh, turns when out Lin, when Lin-Manuel Miranda went on SNL and it was after the grab him by the pussy thing and he sang never going to be president now about Donald Trump. Uh-huh. <laughs> One of the most embarrassing pieces of media to revisit right up there with Kate McKinnon singing Hallelujah as Hillary Clinton. It's just like, yeah, stop doing that. It's embarrassing. It and it, I don't know. Whatever. Well, again, so we, we cover all of it. It's important to cover it. I think yeah. it's it's important to have it as a record. I just don't like the tweets where it's like zinga, boom, yes, yes like Cheeto, the, whatever. Like a, a tweet of like this is not okay. This I feel like this connects with your <laughs> Cheeto president thing. This is not normal. This is not okay. I'm like, okay, suggestions for a solution, like right. Or no, okay, I guess uh, not. Okay, is such a not okay. Oh my god, it's just like it's just like a bunch of people with their hands on their hips, like waggling their fingers. It's like okay, yeah. but what's? Oh, I, I okay. That's do? step one. Right, <laughs> acknowledging that there is a problem. But oh my god, you guys, that is not okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> the voice I hear in my head. It uh, is the voice. Four years later, it's like <laughs> I, I think it's. In like 2016, 2017, I was faving those tweets. I'm like, yeah, this is not okay. But yeah, now it's like, for sure. Okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> let's continue this conversation. Did right. you guys hear that Trump pooped in someone's mouth? This right. is not okay. Like what? Okay. <laughs> this is not okay. This is not normal. That was like that. Yeah, that. I don't know. Everyone went through the phase. But it, this is not right. normal. But now it's right. normal now. Oh my god. Now Hitler is. is not okay, you guys. <laughs> Hitler is that is not normal. Okay. It is so bad. Like, have you seen his speeches? He is like so wound up. That is not okay. I am fed up with this. Right. Enough. I'm gonna say when are we tweet. gonna say enough? Uh <laughs> what are we talking about? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is not well, no, also, that's exactly it's just <laughs> There's um, there's also this thing where he is, there's w- with regards to his COVID nineteen response. There's uh, a thing that we've had on the dock for a while that I just wanted to uh, touch on real quick, where it's like convalescent plasma, uh, which is where you take the 
uh, blood plasma from people who have had the disease and put it in the veins of people uh, who are fighting it, and it helps boost their. Uh, it, it has been shown to help boost their uh, immune response. Uh, so he got on board with that, uh, and it's been something that's been in use since the 1800s. So it's not like this revolutionary thing, but he only really like started talking about it when the FDA like pumped the brakes on it. So it just underlined to me that it's not that he wants to be, he needs to be right. It's that he needs to be right while everyone else is wrong. Like he, mm -hmm. uh, and that's something that I guess is just worth keeping in mind as he uh, destroys our country, that that is why he's doing it. He's like, yeah, no, he's a total contrarian. He's like those dudes that tweet sports bar ball while other people are enjoying the Super Bowl. Like, right. <laughs> uh, except with our lives. Except with our lives. Yeah. <laughs> Can you guys imagine what, like, in the best case scenario for how the election goes and Biden wins and everybody agrees he has won? Like, what will those months where he is just waiting for Biden to? like come into off like what would those be like i don't like i don't think that that's necessarily going to happen but that we've only had that happen once in my lifetime so definitely you guys' lifetime like with with george hw bush and like the thing that was uncommon about him was that he was very like gracious to the clinton administration and like was try trying to be helpful to them like what will that he'll try to start a war essentially like it, it seems like um, it will not be good but i wonder if if he loses if that is the point that his cabinet will begin to distance themselves because he you know his power is running out i'm not i i yeah <laughs> i don't know I kind of wonder if it'd be one of those things where it's like it starts coming in that it's looking like he's losing and he doesn't do a concession speech so much as a I've done everything I wanted to do. So I'm quitting anyway. Like, I mean, you can't fire me. I quit. Like if it's one of those. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, oh, I'm not I'm not conceding because I was going to win. But no other president has done what I've done in the last four years. Like, um, well, I guess you're not wrong. Like, <laughs> <laughs> although that also feels like something that I the uh, liberal uh, Democrat inside of me keeps waiting for it to happen. It's like, well, none of this is okay. This is not okay. Yeah. He's going to quit. <laughs> like, it's so yeah. outside the bounds of uh, propriety. This man must quit. And uh, it's just seems like it. I, I, I'm extremely worried about what QAnon will do and what he will encourage QAnon to do. Uh, if he if he is electorally defeated, um, what does he steal first? Jack, I mean, this is not okay. It's yeah, not okay. that's it, true. This is not okay. You guys, and this is this not is, normal. Like, who does no. that? That is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> he is gonna steal some shit though. Like, if he does, if he does, if this is a peaceful transfer, best of power. case scenario, like the point zero 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 one top zero zero one percent case uh like yeah. scenario he's taking all the laptops and forgetting that they have trackers on them like he's right. doing like all of this <laughs> like he's forgetting that it's got key loggers because it's the white house like he's... 500 government laptop chromebooks <laughs> <Right. to> <laughs> Trump tower 
the Clinton uh, administration, when they were bitter about oh, Gore yeah. losing that, took all the W's off of the computers, uh, <laughs> which is such a great metaphor for toothless Democratic Party politics. Sh- they showed him. Yeah. In your he, face. Can't, he, he can't put in part of his name. Yeah. <laughs> Very symbolic, very powerful, powerful stuff. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about children's movies. And we're back! And The Smurfs uh, is number two on the Netflix top 10 uh, and number seven, but I think charging up the charts i will definitely yeah is boss baby interactive uh jamie can you tell us what what is boss baby interactive it's like the um that black mirror episode where you like choose your own adventure type thing (laughs) but for boss babies but this time for boss babies I was very curious to watch this because I worked on an interactive show that hasn't come out yet. So I'm like, it's fun to, because it's, I don't know, it's like the most obnoxious way to write a show humanly possible. Um, <laughs> and Netflix, I don't know, it's weird. Netflix does the does the most popular ones, but they don't do it very well. So Interesting. Boss Baby, the story is simple. It is, but also kind of, I was, when I was trying to recap it, I'm like, I actually don't know if I can describe this. So the boss baby, you know him, you love him. He's got an older brother and then he has to win some kind of relay race. Uh. Why? I don't know. (laughs) But at the relay race, he runs into several escaped convicts, one of whom, and they're mostly goofy cartoon Criminals that are like, I stole a cat. I also babies? This. No, adults. And then Adult one of them criminals. is Reese Darby, who is uh, who's a uh, kind of like a business. He's a white collar criminal. Got so it. he so the boss baby runs into all these guys for some and then he finds out there's a big government conspiracy. <laughs> You're making choices this whole time. And you're right. like, should I fight Reese Darby? And then yes, <laughs> you should. So the boss baby fights Reese Darby and you're kind of it's kind of just like you're playing like an old school video game where it's boss baby Reese Darby. And it's like, what should you throw at him? A diaper. You throw a diaper at Reese Darby. That's fun. Knocks him out. And then he gives you your pacifier back. So that happens. There's just I mean, like, this sounds like a flash no game. It sounds very like new grounds. Yeah, it very is. Yes. <laughs> And so then uh, nothing happens for a while. You're kind of just like fighting anyone you meet. And then at the end, there's the climax is at a factory and there's some controversy with a factory. And it's like a kind of a socialist statement, but it's also really like upsetting to watch where it's this big conspiracy where it's this sweater company, right? And Reese Darby is involved with the sweater company. But how do they make the sweaters? They make babies lick cats and then spit out the hairballs and they make the hairballs into sweaters. I'm sorry, Jamie, what? are you having an episode? <laughs> what, 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 what did you just say? They make babies lick cats and <laughs> I had spit to watch the it. hair out? It, it was really 
I wish I was I was shocked and I'm not easily shocked. But OK, so what it is, is they have babies on like the production line. And then they, what, they, what happens at the factory is they there's this thing that dangles a cookie in front of the baby's face and the baby goes, ooh, and the baby gets ready to lick the cookie. Mm-hmm. And then the as we second, do how you <laughs> consume cookies by licking them. Uh-huh. <laughs> babies love to eat cookies this way and then at the last second as the baby's about to lick the cookie they switch it out and they put a kitten there instead and so the baby licks the kitten and they go ew and then they catch the hair in a barrel and they turn the hair into sweaters that they sell for $300 so this is a world in which the triangle shirtwaist factory never existed <laughs> no <laughs> what if the triangle shirtwaist factory was babies and kittens and yeah. that's what this narrative explores and then at the end you base the whole framework of the thing it's kind of it people seem to like it and it's like it's for kids i get it but i also think that this format can be done way better and netflix has never done it very well um but the whole framework is that you're playing through this entire story and then at the end they tell you what your job is they like hire you at the boss baby's company because the boss baby Freeze all the babies and he frees all the kittens in various ways. There's kind of no way to lose there. There's just different ways to free all the babies. And in one, my favorite way was when the babies, they're like, we're taking back the means of production. And they eat take the, the rich. <laughs> eat the <laughs> witch. There yeah. is an eat the rich. But then at the end, they're like, and you're hired in HR at the boss baby's company. I'm like, well, that's kind of unsatisfying. <laughs> But there's 16 different jobs that you can get at the... I'm like, did children want to be hired at a conglomerate? Like, there was an ending I got where it's like, congratulations, you've been hired in middle management. I'm like, no. Is this a job? Are you serious? Is, yeah, that's one of the endings. I only got to eight out of the 16. And then I was like, I cannot consciously spend more time on this. But yeah, there is... So it is a weird story. I can, it's like not, a, it's not badly written. I like, there were some jokes that I was laughing. Boss Baby's yeah. always got some fun jokes. I enjoyed the original movie. Uh, right. But the, the thing that bothers me about this format that I think is kind of lazy is that it's kind of, I think people had the same issue with Bandersnatch of like, there's just, there are points where you just lose and then they send you back and you have to watch a whole scene again Oof. and then just make the other choice, which is like, if you're going to make me do that, first of all, I firmly believe no one actually wants to pay attention to television, and it's frustrating to have to pay attention to television too carefully like this. Um, I'm not here to tell the boss baby what to do. I trust that he's going to do what's right in the end. I mean, because um, you're not in charge of him. The boss baby is in charge. He is He is the boss, after all. Right. I mean, no no ethical consumption under boss baby. Right. Uh, but it is what it is. He makes his choices. Uh, but in this one, I'm in control of the boss baby. But it's it sucks. There's multiple points where you there they just send you back to the previous scene. They're like you lost, and that happened in Bandersnatch too, where like mm-hmm. if you something like if you killed your dad, they're like that was the wrong choice. You have to go back, and I think that sucks because that you don't have to do that, which I know because there are ways to write stories <laughs> where <laughs> that you can. It's just actually doing what you say that the format's supposed to do, which is like give you a ton of choices of where stuff can go. Or like, I don't know. I think it really sucks when you can lose an interactive. It just makes you feel like you're wasting your time. And I felt the same way. I think the worst one, 
Did either of you watch the Kimmy Schmidt interactive special? I didn't, no. It's so frustratingly bad because famous people, they just shouldn't be in things like this because it's a lot of filming and they don't want to do a lot of filming. And so then they have like two endings and then they're like, sorry, you should have kissed Daniel Radcliffe 45 minutes ago. Go back to the beginning. Like that special sucked. Also, I didn't want to see Ellie Kemper kiss Daniel Radcliffe. I what? Learned. I've been shipping them for so long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it turns out you didn't want it. It's gross. Uh, I don't know. I could talk about the issues of interactive television forever, but if you have a kid, like... maybe they'll like it. But I'm also like, I don't think kids want to be boss yeah. babies. I don't know. I think the Boss gr- Baby will be studied like as a cultural <laughs> institution many years into the future as like a weird expression of like late stage capitalism and it's just yeah. so strange. It's- also, I'm glad that they they're continuing to uh perpetuate the myth that HR is for the employees and not for the employer. Right. Well, they're mm-hmm. Lucky it's- you, you get to screw your fellow employees over. There's um, one ending where they're like, congratulations, you are a recruiter. I'm like, kids don't know what a recruiter is. And then they just tell you what a recruiter is. It's like they're preparing children for <laughs> a, an unsatisfying life in an so, office. Boss it's Baby really bizarre. is based on a book that every parent is required to purchase when you have a baby. They're like, here, you have to buy this It's or else you will be you know, your child will be taken away. And it's a very simple premise that is inconceivable that they made this into a larger universe. The idea is when a baby first comes home from the hospital, they take over your life and start making, like you have to do very uncomfortable things much as a bad boss would make you do. It's like the baby set up uh, his office right in the middle of the house and he was calling meetings <laughs> all night long. And so that's it. And it's then so... they were like, what if a baby was like a really mean, like capitalist, like Fortune 500 oligarch? Or like, is well, it also kind of implies that you're like, that you can be born with capitalism in your, in your yes. veins? Yes. The baby. It's just what he does. He can't help it. His family isn't teaching him this. His right. He just lives in a in a middle class family, and you know, and but the boss baby bosses in his bones. It's the weirdest shit. Uh, and I don't know. Yeah, I I know. I okay. Time for a flex. I know someone who works on the boss baby TV oh. show. Wow. And I don't know if he worked on this, but I do know that it is a weird room to be in because you're constantly having to discuss how to present capitalism to children. Well, look, some people are born queer. Some people are born capitalists. Like that's just (laughs) how it works. (laughs) That's right. Boss baby. I don't know. And also boss baby was originally Alec Baldwin. And, but, but they just hired an Alec Baldwin sound alike for this. Mm. Um, Oh, okay. I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah, no, Alec Baldwin, I mean, also, it's like that Boss Baby came out, what, like, three-ish years ago? Yeah. And already, really it's blown it up. age poorly. The the Boss Baby extended universe, it's it's too much. <laughs> the BBEU. The B- yeah. 
It's I mean, yeah, it came out three years ago. God. It's uh it made like over five hundred million dollars at the box office when it came out. Um he, people love a bot like but it is just it is such a weird property because it's like it's just making references to Alec Baldwin's work in Glen Gary Glen Ross. Yeah for yes. a lot of the movie. Right. And Jack Donaghy and, and children right. famously huge in the Glen Gary Glen Ross. It's That's so yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's like Glen Gary Glen Ross for kids. I My 4-year-old isn't as much into it anymore, but it's like a definitely a stage 2-year-olds go through where they're like <laughs> always be closing. That then trains, then dinosaurs. Uh <laughs> so guys, I want to talk to you about the Smurfs because it kind of ties in in that the Smurfs are very much from a land that doesn't have a capitalist ethos. It has like more of a socialist ethos. They, uh, everybody is defined by like their role that they perform within the group. And uh, one of them is just being a lady. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, that's one of the very strangest parts of the Smurf world that they lean into. They're like, they make sure you know that they uh, Smurfs are all boys, but then the evil wizard of this universe made a girl Smurf to like fuck them over to be like, <laughs> yeah, well, women really? are gonna, yeah, yeah, that's where Smurfette comes from. Yeah. Is the uh, main antagonist Gargamel uh, invented her to screw that. over the uh, to like screw up the dynamics, the internal balance of the Smurfs. Um, and they pop a Smurf through his beneficence, and uh, you know he's very saintly. Uh, also wears a red hat, white beard, very uh, uh, Santa Claus ish, but also like could have like Lenin vibes in there. Um, but he's very, uh, I don't know, kind and like a. It would make. This movie and all Smurfs movies would make sense as like a hagiography of uh, of Papa Smurf. Like if Papa Smurf were a real historic figure, it's just like <laughs> Papa Smurf is the kindest, gentlest, most loving human being. Like he sacrifices his life in this for the <laughs> uh, greater good of the other Smurfs. And they like go back to save him because they realize Papa Smurf is the best. Um, this is Neil Patrick Harris. Smurf, right? This is Neil Patrick Harris Smurf. Yeah. So okay. what happens? Okay. They live in a magical forest in giant uh, oversized mushroom houses. Uh, and Gargmel comes for them. He so they are very like socialist. They it opens with them collecting berries, putting them in a pot in the middle of town, so where they're gonna share all the Smurf berries. Gargamel is very like, I want to possess the Smurfs. I'm going to come for them and turn them into a product that I can use for power. He arrives, chases them through a portal into New York City. um, And that's when they meet Neil Patrick Harris, who is a very solid performance from him for someone who is having to, you know, act against a bunch of tennis balls and dolls. but it is it is shockingly recent for a movie in which not only are we asked to believe him as like a just very straight down the middle like straight father husband but like we demanded he pretend to be like a straight guy for this role 
Um, but he he does a good job. It is like there's this part in the Big Lebowski. Yes, I'm quoting the Big Lebowski, but they they open up talking about how the dude is like the most perfectly of his time person. Like he is just perfect for the era in which he exists. I feel like this is the most 2011 movie that's ever been made. <laughs> it's so aggressively like 3D. There's like all these scenes where you're just like zooming back and forth in between like tunnels. Like it opens where you're like getting a point of view of a bird swooping around with a Smurf on its back. And the Neil Patrick Harris thing, uh, Katy Perry plays Smurfette. And at one point she says, I Smurfed yeah. a girl and I think I liked it. Uh, no guitar hero is like the big musical number is Neil Patrick Harris rocking out with a guitar hero uh, and the Smurfs are dancing the cranky Smurf falls in love with the green (laughs) M&M so it's like that ad campaign do they Uh, go to the M&M they go to a a toy store and there's like a M&M set up it's very like corporatist I just think that Making candy into sexy women is some of the most high-grade pervert shit. Right. In the entire world. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Uh, I saw a picture of a sexy lady Hershey kiss the other day that I'm just like, someone really had to be firing on it. They're like, oh, this beautiful, curvy kiss. It's so weird. And they're like, let's give her lips and a phone. People are going to love this sexy piece of candy. I just... I don't know. I don't want to fuck my food, I guess. I just don't. I just don't. Yeah. But but good for the green M&M. Yeah. <laughs> She's killing it out here. It's also totally that delicious. point in tech where like we still thought Google was so like cool. Like at one point he like searches something and they're like, where, what are you, where are you getting these facts? What magical uh, <laughs> alchemy is this? He's like, I'm Googling something. And they're like, ah, Google. Uh, Like, it's just cool and adorable. Uh, Times Square is also like, they're like, whoa, look at all the lights and corporate logos. It's like, uh, Mm. they're more of a what magic land is this rather than who dumped garbage all over my eyeballs, uh, (laughs) which I think is more what you would get today if you made a thing where like, People came from a socialist utopia in the woods to Times Square. Like, I feel like people would be like, yay, this is so cool. Um, Instead of being like, why does looking burn? Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But I watched it with my uh, four-year-old and two-year-old, and they... Uh, it got their official stamp of approval, which is when the credits song starts rolling, they start dancing uh, and really have a have a blast. Uh, there there are some like five star jokes uh, in, from my four year old's perspective, uh, wh- wherein a Smurf falls into a toilet, uh, and that was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. So you do um, love to see it. You do, do. You, you do love to see it. So I can't be mad at this movie. Five stars. Um, <laughs> let me know what. Let me know what the what the boys think of Boss Baby Interactive. Yeah, yeah. Some I'm good kind jokes of excited. I'm kind of excited. There are good jokes. Okay. I mean, it sounds like I could get a whole just like burn through a whole weekend uh, yeah. with with just all those all those choices. 
All those uh, boring jobs you can get. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't wait to find out what it means to be a comp troller. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danielle, you said you have seen uh, the Smurfs 2011. Uh, yes, I have. Yep, sure, sure did. Um, it's, yeah, it's, for some reason, we really wanted to see, um, because we'd already done the Garfield, which was right. already like a, a, a mixture of live action and um, animated, just because of that's the nature of it. It's the same thing when you do like an Alvin and the Chipmunks, that is the nature of it, live action animated. And so someone was like, look, we can't trust that the Smurfs can be the Smurfs on their own. And mm -hmm. so we have to take them into, I've, I'm always, I'm always very curious about um, how little people want to adapt this thing that's pop, that's popular, but they believe so little in it that they completely fundamentally change the premise of what it's about. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, no, we love the Smurfs. Everyone loves the Smurfs. Um, but how about we take the Smurfs and this thing that everyone loves and we put them in New York and see what happens. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not, you know, th there's some cute songs. I think Britney Spears has a song on there on either the first one or second one, that Ooh La La song. They, they try real hard to make Smurfette real bangable. It's not, it's one of those things where it's like, you can't even be mad at it. It just kind of happens to you. It washes yeah. upon you. Yeah. Um, it's not so bad that you can, it's not a boss baby, which is like the movie boss baby is not good. And you can spend some real time taking it apart. Mm. Um, much like with anything that it's my job. I find ways to take apart everything. It's like what I do for a living. I'm a very happy person. Um, <laughs> but, but so you can find ways to like take that apart. You can find ways to take the Smurfs apart, but mostly it's just like, eh, why? Yeah. Why did, why did mm -hmm. you make this? Because they, for me, I yeah. like the socialist utopia. Like I like the idea that it's like, hey, like there's this thing, and then here comes capitalism. There, there are there is a lot to be said about the way that Gargamel is portrayed. Um, in the same way that the dwarfs in Harry Potter, there there could be a lot to be said about them if you decided you wanted yeah. to do that deep dive. Uh, mm -hmm. if you wanted to deep dive on that for a bit. But you know, that's uh, you know, but instead they were like, no, let's give them to Neil Patrick Harris and see what he does. All right. Right. Um, and Hank Azaria plays Gargamel, and I, I would say it's up there with Apu in terms of uh, offensive uh, depictions of, uh, I don't know. It, it's well, it's they'll never mess. they'll never cop to it when it comes to those. Things. Again, it's like the, it's like the the, yeah. the it's like the goblins or whatever. It, it, it it's like they'll never cop to it. It's always like oh, it's just a design choice. It's a design choice, but it's yeah. just like. Man, some of that's looking real 1930s. It's like, yeah. don't get the word coding around these people. They won't know what to do. <laughs> um, also, the Neil Patrick Harris's job is being a ad executive for a perfume company, and it's treated as just like a noble profession. Uh, his boss is like a monster who keeps like firing everyone, Sofia Vergara, and the victory at the end is he pleases her. She's like, you really made me happy. You did a good job. I'm not going to fire you. And he's like, sick. And that's he's it. Like, I just want the girls to smell good. What a yeah. noble pursuit. Exactly. I I mean, I, I would imagine that Neil Patrick Harris, I mean, in 2011, he would be coming from, to this project basically right off of How I Met Your Mother, right? Like, and yeah. Like during, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's probably why he's like this lovable business goof 
Right. Like this that that was his bread and butter at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Business goof. Let's... He was a business goof in the early 2010s. I want to be a business goof. He that was a sexist like a business goof, and yeah. that was and that was how he bought a house. And you know, yeah, it shout happened. out to him. We can't we can't make it unhappen. I'm not unhappy for him. I don't know. Yeah, that character on how you met, how I met your mother was gross though. Right, pretty gross, pretty gross. Yeah, um, predator. But funny, like in a cute then, way. Yeah, and then later, like, oh, but he falls in love with the hot girl, so it's fine. So <laughs> yeah. it's forgiven. forgiven. She fixed him. Boom, Danielle. It's been a pleasure having you. <laughs> Boom. That's how Boom. I am. Women fixing men. <laughs> Boom. That's how it's done, ladies. What was uh, his horrible catchphrase? That uh, is oh, on. Unbelievable. What was it? <laughs> that is unbelievable. It, close enough. I think that's what it is now. No. That is Bazinga. What was it? <laughs> Catchphrase. Oh, I'm I'm actually glad I forgot and I don't want to know. <laughs> oh, damn. You're about to find out. It no. is 10 most iconic phrases from how I no! met your mother. Damn. Oh, oh. 10, 10 whole ones. Oh, they were like whole books and there were it was I feel like it was on Wait par for with it. Bazinga. Is that what it is? Wait for it. Uh, uh maybe. Legend. Wait uh, for yeah. it. Dairy. Yeah. That's it. You found it. <sighs> we did it. That Suda. bought him a house. That bought a house. God, it's me, Barney. What up? Uh true story. Was that was that the one you're thinking of? That's uh, another one. He had a he was a catchphrase machine in that in that show. Yeah, really. Truly. Ugh. Um, Ugh. Anyways, Danielle, <laughs> it has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, choosing to spend some of your birthday with us. Um, oh, well, I was gonna be. Thank you. I was gonna be working anyway. I'm I'm that loser. Uh, either way, I was gonna be. Either way, I was gonna be working. Where can people find you and follow you? Um, yeah, you can just find me at Danielle Radford on Twitter. Um, you can find me at Danielle underscore Radford on Instagram. I have a TikTok. I will. I will never use it. Probably. <laughs> Sorry, so I, 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 I know never I use it for <laughs> like Benadryl challenges or evil. But you're like, I, I will yeah, never use it. Um, never. Uh, and is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, that's exactly what I was looking up. Uh, this tweet came out today and it's one of the best things I've ever read. At immortal underscore graves writes, Welp at River and Mall found the worst man rights woman excerpt ever. I'm going to read this whole fucking thing. Oh, it's wow. pretty great. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, baby, it's happening. I'm ovulating right now. I feel the tingling of my egg coming out. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> But the most obvious change to Felicia's body from the woman who had let me join her in the shower was a full inch of waistline added from a burgeoning uterus filled with my bountiful overnight deposits. Imagining those seeds making way into her fallopian tubes, seeking that most precious treasure of eggs and bringing them to life within her flooded womb, I felt myself stiffen once more. Interesting. Yeah. I don't want to be alive anymore. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I'll never be stiff again, but <laughs> I know. Oh. Blue Chew cannot fix that. Blue Chew can't is... fix it. Holy shit. Oh uh, my god. Don't like that <laughs> at all. 
I have been rendered speechless. Holy <laughs> shit. Jamie, where can uh-huh. people find you, follow you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jamie Loftus Help, Instagram at Jamie Christ Superstar. Keep getting involved with mutual aid in your area. We need it. We're going to keep needing it. So uh, look stuff up. Let me know if you need help uh, finding somewhere. And my tweet. I have something a little different this time. So because I was just um, in the uh, the northern Wisconsin area for a couple of weeks, uh, they don't have tweets up there. What they do have <laughs> is wooden blocks in which there is a joke inside. And what? so I have a <laughs> there's I've also got one of these in northern California where here it is. So you get there. It's a block with a flap. And it says where you are. So if you're like, okay, so that's that's basically the geotag of the tweet. Um, on top is the setup for the joke. For this, it's clip art of a cow, a turkey, and a pig. And it says, there's a place for all God's creatures. And then for the punchline, you have to open the flap. And the punchline is right next to the potatoes and gravy. Oh, shit. Oh, so yeah. edible and delicious. And you can put this tweet on your shelf and enjoy the hilarity <laughs> over and over and over. Wow. I, this that is not my favorite joke. That eats animals. <laughs> that is a very gross joke, but I do like the wooden block tweet format. Yeah. Uh, no, that's great. <laughs> like there's, there, so there's money to be made out here. Joke writers. We gotta get um, we gotta get some leftist joke writers working in the wooden block format. <laughs> yeah. There is an open market for it right now. It is a pretty pretty meat and potatoes kind of energy to the wooden block, but it's a good format. Tweets I've been enjoying. Abby Gaffney tweeted, "You ever fall out with a fella and his whole friend group unfollow you? Like, damn, sorry, Power Rangers." Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then just what tweeted. I guess in this version of Batman, he kills his own parents uh, because oh. Robert Pets and COVID. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. Let's wait for him to get better first, everybody. <laughs> no pearls, just Sorry. droplets. Yeah. No pearls in this one. Just droplets, droplets, droplets. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song we ride out on. Uh, and we are going to keep the reggae vibes going. So, super producer Anna Hosnier got sent down a path of reggae uh, via all the Adele remixes at the beginning of the week, and she's just <laughs> been giving us some nice, uh, some nice reggae on, songs on to on ride out vibe. on. We are still on that vibe, but all the songs yeah. have been so dope. So, yeah, hell yeah, we will keep going. Someone to Love by Stephen Marley is what we're riding out on. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Jamie, Danielle, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we are going to... Uh, we'll be back this... A- that's going to do it for this morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Loneliness has got a hold of me.